smell that <laughs> smell what that smell that smelly smell that smelly smell the smelliest S- of the smell that smelly smell that is smelly all right what does it smell like bro it smells like a new freaking podcast oh shit oh yeah. Uh, yeah gang back in the studio <laughs> gang 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 oh okay <laughs> yes episode number 25 coming to you what is it august 22nd yeah, dude. Money to flip. Mike's to grip. That's, We're here at the... That's disgusting. That guys, is disgusting. Guys being dudes podcast, man. This is the guys being dudes podcast. Jesus, it's already late August. I got school in 10 days. That is, like, disgusting. All right, Mitch McCartney, Danny Lucy coming to you here. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing good, man. Just working every day. Just grinding. Basically, just filling my head with sports. Filling my head with the latest news of, you know... When it comes to basketball or football, college or pro, you know, I'm just always looking at stuff on my phone. So it's kind of cool to come on this podcast and talk to you week to week and yeah. about this stuff. So, I mean, you said that you had an interesting story about um, your coworker. Um, oh, buddy. Having a little accident. Oh, with you in the car. Oh, buddy. Yeah, we did have an accident. I, uh, for those of you that don't know, I work for a logistics company, which is. Just fancy talk for basically saying I'm a glorified Amazon driver. Um, and I go on these up north routes, and, you know, we're driving and stuff. And and we're driving. I, I'm sitting passenger seat, by the way, so I'm not driving. And I decided to just, you know, kick back, get a little shut-eye, because what the hell else is there to do on the road, you know? And, uh, you know, my partner's telling me, he's like, man, he's like, I'm sick of this damn, I'm sick of driving, you know, like, I'm tired, this sucks and stuff and whatnot. And he's like, I think I got to get out and stretch. And this whole time, I'm kind of, like, in and out of consciousness, like, sleeping and stuff. And so I'm sleeping there. And then eventually, I just kind of feel like a bump, you know, like a big bump, like we hit something, right? And I wake up, (laughs) and I see the woods. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I start, like, slapping my partner. I'm like, dude, dude, like, what's what the hell is going on? Yeah. And, uh. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's terrifying. We were going, like, 60 miles an hour. So why didn't you drive at that point, though? Um, I mean, I did afterwards, but, you know. I mean, I if he keeps falling been. asleep behind the wheel, I mean, at that point, I would be like, all right, I fear for my life, this and isn't I do not want to fucking die, dude. This like, is not. Give me the wheel. I'm driving. This is not a, this is not a constant problem to let you know. This is definitely a one-time one time thing. You, know, you like, said it happened twice, though. It, okay. It did happen twice, but it wasn't with the same dude. It was just both while I was at work. Oh, my God. Unfortunately. <laughs> You gotta start yeah. driving yourself, man. You're gonna die, and I'm gonna not have a podcast. It's gonna be stuff. guy being dude podcast. Guys being dude. Guy being dude by Danny Luce. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um, it was pretty ugly. We like really, really messed up the uh, box of the truck. Um, yeah, kind of got the uh, the windshield shattered pretty good on the left side. There, we definitely Ooh. ran over some sort of like chicken wire or something because there was a Ooh. ton of like fencing and stuff in the back left tires. Yeah, uh, it's all wrapped up in your like brake assembly and stuff. Yeah, like so that. we had that to sucks. take it to a uh, to a Penske. We were up in. Uh, Did you guys get towed? No, it w- it drove. It actually drove pretty fine. It definitely needed a front end alignment, but it drove pretty well. Okay. Um, it was just really cosmetic damage and stuff. Uh. Besides the door. They told us it needed a new door. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was absolutely terrifying. Glad to be here. Didn't get a scratch on me. So we're good to go, man. We're good to go. So that's good. Um, something to look forward to, though, is college football. It's back, baby. Hell fucking yeah, we're dude. We're approaching it. What day is it? September 4th, I think, is the first game? Yes. Okay. And I will be there. Yes, I will. Yeah. I mean, we don't really have, like, crazy um, games. Probably, like, a couple of them. I think it was, like, Florida State and um, – Notre oh, the, you're talking about the opening, like the opening day ones. Oh, uh, the opening day ones is not really that crazy. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was we'll get some good it. matchups, but I'll yeah. still watch it because it's college football. At the end of the day, I mean, it's something to watch, and, and 
like nothing else is on besides right. baseball. And it's absolute. It's a it's a holiday in this part of the country where it, where we're in, which is the Midwest. And um, you know, not that it's not celebrated in other regions, but I think the two regions of the country that take college football the most seriously and have the most tradition yeah. are absolutely the Southeast and the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit, a little bit like. I guess Big Twelve country with Texas and Oklahoma, but I mean we will get to them a little bit later. That's in the an episode. interesting topic right there, Mitch. Yeah, yeah, wah, we're gonna have to wah, hold. Wah, wah. Yeah, we're gonna have to hold off on that for right now because why I am I making my own? Why am I making sound effects when I could just do that? Oh well, <laughs> do that. <laughs> right. Why? Why? Why did I just make? You a sound just keep effect? forgetting that we have this roadcaster that has sound bites. Right. What's the do. newest sound bite? Do, do the newest one. All right. This is li- live from uh, Danny Lucy on his thoughts on what it takes to win nowadays in sports. Okay, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, bro. <laughs> yeah. What a statement. <laughs> <laughs> what a statement. That was after we were talking about the Astros, the it Houston is. Astros. And uh, we were talking about, like, their manager coming over to the Detroit Tigers. Right. Um, and he was caught cheating and everything, but I don't know. Anyways, so I'm looking at the top 25 right now for college football, and we see a lot of recognizable names, um, names that are always up there. So we have Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, uh, Ohio State, and then the University of Georgia is the top five for the AP poll. Um, basically, everybody uses this AP poll. What it does is it calculates, and it's just like an advanced like um, system within college sports um, for the rankings on the top 25 teams. So a lot of analysts use this in their like arguments, kind of use it as like a source of information, uh, the best available information for them when they're talking about like sports related, uh, sports related like topics. Right. Yeah. So I mean, if we want to like, so how do you think about the top twenty-five though, or top five at least? Oh, the top five? Yeah, top five. Since we're on the conversation, I just named them like top five. Give it to me again. Uh, it's Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, and then at number five, University of Georgia. I have no issues. Yeah, no issues. There's no preseason in college. It's it's really hard to know uh, what you have on paper uh, or even actually on the field. You know, with a college team. Until they start playing, and even then, you do have to take it with a grain of salt because you know, like the first three weeks of this of the season before we start playing these conference schedules, you have guys like you know Alabama playing a culinary school. Yeah, you know, like just it's a joke. You know, it's like you can't really take anything seriously. You really can't take it seriously until they do get into conference play. Like I know, for example, you know, we're looking. I mean, let's take a look. You know, like you said, what do I think about the top five? You know, I think about the top twenty-five. I think there's two schools that we're familiar with that aren't on the list. Oh boy, Michigan and Michigan State. You know, so if we're going back to you know what I was saying about you cannot take these first couple weeks of college football all that seriously. If you look at Michigan's schedule. They play, you know, opening up against Western Michigan. That should be an easy win. They do have an interesting matchup against a top 25 team, 20th ranked Washington, in which they will be playing uh, their previous uh, receiver, Giles Jackson, on the team, which is uh, definitely a little shady, the fact that he decided to go to Washington knowing that, you know, they got Michigan on the schedule the very next year. I mean. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and then, I, Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and then from there they got Northern Illinois. And then then they open up, finally open up Big Ten play with uh, hosting Rutgers at home and on to Wisconsin and, and so on and so Away forth. at Wisconsin. That's your first loss right there. Oh, uh, 100%, guaranteed. If, if yeah. this season is going to be on par with the previous Jim Harbaugh coached seasons of Michigan football, yes, we will lose to Wisconsin. And eat, and I, I can almost guarantee you how we'll lose to Wisconsin. Uh, we are going to get absolutely and utterly bitch slapped. <laughs> See, the thing about it is Michigan as a whole needs to win those games. So those Wisconsin games that are ranked number 12, Washington number 20, this is what's going to prove to the alumni and to the fan base that they are a respectable program and that they can be respected in the national college football scene. I mean, Jim Harbaugh hasn't even had – a Big Ten championship under his belt and has only secured one 11-win season, has not made it to the playoffs at all, and has been beaten by Ohio State every single year. <laughs> this. Yeah, there you go, Jim. Woo! That boy, Jimmy. Getting her done there. Yeah. 
So the thing about Jim Harbaugh, though, is does he have what it takes because he just got an extension um, to beat Ohio State, not this year, but in his any of his it years at this e- point. Eventually, just ever, does he ever? I don't know, does Danny. He ever? I couldn't tell you. Okay. I couldn't. I can't tell you that, man. I, I wish I, I really wish I could. If you had asked me this in 2015 when Michigan had first hired Jim Harbaugh, I would have told you, hell yeah, he does. He's taken a team to a Super Bowl. He was amazing at Stanford. He was this quarterback guru, you know, coach Dan Drew Luck. Nobody knew who the hell Colin Kaepernick was until Jim Harbaugh got a hold of him. And then he took turned that 49ers team into an absolute monster, took him to the Super Bowl, comes to Michigan, and does better than expected his first year. Finds this kid named Jake Rudock, a transfer. I think he was in, I believe he went to Iowa yeah. before – uh, before he transferred to Michigan. Uh, gets a hold of Jake Rudock and turns him into really a hell of a quarterback. Guy was not listed uh, anywhere and had any interest in the NFL. You know, the NFL teams just were not interested in the guy. And he actually did end up playing for the Lions. I don't know if he is uh, still in the league or not, but Jim had a fantastic season his first year. Um, unfortunately, that was the year with the uh, – the snap fumbling. Yeah. So Double with the snap. Yeah. I mean, oh, it could yeah. it could have been even better if oh, that yeah. didn't happen. But Jalen Jackson uh, Jr. The, the 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 smile on your face right now just really is is just grinded my gears. <laughs> I'm good. I'm getting. When's mad. last time you guys won a Big Ten championship, bro? <laughs> All right, this podcast is over. Oh four. Oh <laughs> my god. It is oh four. It's ridiculous. Isn't that ridiculous? Okay, so that's the big thing about Michigan State is they've had a Big Ten championship. Um, they've had uh, an appearance. A playoff appearance. Yeah, and a playoff appearance got molly whomped by the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, I just was in tears when I saw them getting annihilated in that playoff game. But the thing about Michigan State, though, is we, as like a fan base, I guess you could say, I'm not affiliated with the school, never been to the school, but I've always liked Michigan State because, I mean, that was just I've a gotten drunk there a hell of a lot of times, but, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a great place. Uh, yeah, <laughs> me too, man. Like, that's the thing, though, is, that I love the university. I love going to the university. I mean, it's just cool to be at the university because I've always watched college basketball. Uh, Michigan State always dominate. The thing about Michigan State fans right now is that they keep holding on to the past. Like, oh, we got a Big Ten championship. We've had a championship like uh, appearance. We've beaten Ohio State already, opposed to Jim Harbaugh. But the problem is, is that we keep holding our awards and our accolades to such like on a pedestal that we forget what's going on right now and that Mel Tucker is two and five and he we had an absolute shitty season last season. Yeah, but I think you're being too hard, man. I think you're being way too hard because Mel Tucker did something. He did something that Jim Harbaugh has never ever done. You ready for this? Has Jim Harbaugh ever done something that he wasn't expected to do at Michigan? No. He hasn't. No. He's never won a game where his team has not been favored. Never. Yeah. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Never, never. You, ever, you know that one scene where you just... What is that? What is that movie, dude? <laughs> or I'm just going to look like a complete idiot when I did that. I recognize it, but He's I like, can't really put my hand. Never, ever, Is that like Cat in the Hat or something? Ever, ever. No, that's Cat in the Hat, man. Is it Cat in the Hat? Probably. I don't know. No. Um, but, all right, so you're being... Um, pretty reasonable right now as a Michigan fan um you you deserve to be this mad though uh, about Michigan's constant like failure constant in the past suckathon to not win games that they should win like definitely and I'm looking at Dan Antonio right now and because as a Michigan State guy I'm just basically looking at a coach that is considered one of the best coaches in the program, honestly. Making a Big Ten or winning a Big Ten championship and coming to the playoffs and making an appearance against Alabama was pretty nuts, pretty crazy. His his exit of the program, you know, when he retired and stuff like that, Right, you know they had some pretty ugly last years, but yeah, seven and six and seven and six. Right, yeah, he's absolutely. I think you can say without a doubt the most accomplished coach in that program. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. He should have a statue. Yeah, because he's got four, five, eleven win uh, seasons, and then in 2017 he had a ten win season, which was pretty good. Um, 
The thing about Dan Antonio, though, is when he first started off as a football coach for the Michigan State Spartans, he was 2007, 2008, 2009. It was a 7-6 and six record, a 9-4 and four record, and a 6-7 and seven record. And Dan Antonio has been, respectively, one of the best coaches that I've ever seen, obviously, uh, within the college football um, scene when it comes to just Michigan college football, though. Uh, so Michigan State, Central, whatever. Dan Antonio, I mean, as far as I, I've been alive, that is probably one of the best coaches I've seen. So to have a coach now, Mel Tucker, come in, and they've had awful past off or past couple of years have been awful, seven and six, seven and six, and then you're two and five because they shortened the season last season because hey, of COVID. Beat Michigan though. They beat Michigan. You know, like that's like what I was saying, you know. But does that make Mel- it promising though at the end of the day yes. you're beating Michigan because Michigan loses all their Fuck you, <laughs> all their games. All their so, games that they should win. But you're right. You're right. They do. They lose I mean, yeah. Like I said, Jim Harbaugh doesn't do anything that he's not expected to do. That is a good thing, you know? Yeah. Like he wasn't expected to lose to Michigan State, but he did. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess I was wrong saying that, but I, I guess I'll change my statement to Jim Harbaugh never does something unexpected that is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? He never he never overachieves. He either straight dogging yeah. Jim Harbaugh right Dude, now. Dude, what does he deserve any positive comments though? I mean, let's be real. Right. Does he deserve any positive comments? One eleven win season, that's it. Right. That's and it. That's all time, he has. Let's look at, like, I don't even, this wasn't even really supposed to be that much of a Michigan to Michigan State episode, but here we are, 17 minutes in. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, right? Yeah, fuck it. But uh, we have to break this down because, like, I'm a Michigan State fan, you're a Michigan fan, so, like, to see the teams that we kind of grew up watching and seeing win, um, I, I at least saw Michigan State win when I was in more in, like, junior high, high school, and then getting out of high school, I was seeing Michigan State kind of, like, falling down, going towards the downhill trend. But Do you realize – how many times I have seen Michigan beat Ohio State? I want to say it's like three. Yeah. And I don't remember th- two of them. Yeah, because you're so small. The, w- the last so time they won, I, th- I believe it was like 2011, I think. And it was the year in between when they fired Jim Tressel before they hired Urban Meyer. I forget the name. I think it was just an interim coach. I forget the name of the head coach for Ohio State that year. Yeah. But it was the year after they fired Jim Tressel, right before they hired Urban Meyer. You're a 22-year-old male. I'm a 22-year-old male. That is that is factually correct. That has not seen Michigan win a Big Ten championship since you were five years fucking four old. Four years old. Dude. Oh, yeah, because you weren't. Yeah, you weren't five yet. Yeah. Okay. I was four years old. Four years old. We haven't watched the Tigers win a World Series ever. 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 We've never seen the Lions win it ever. So when we have two teams that are consistently good, that are always making a big name, not be in the top 25 and not be good, recognized as good, it's like it makes you seem like your backup plan has failed. Because watching our professional sports – the Red Wings had their success, but they've been rebuilding for a while. I mean, Detroit Tigers have been rebuilding since 2013, since they lost against the Giants in 2012 World Series. We've never watched the Lions win ever, and the Pistons won in 04, which, again, you were, fi- you were turning five years old, and I was turning six years old. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a rough go here in Detroit. Yeah. We're getting better, but I think – you know, I, I, I do still think you're being a little rough on Michigan State. I think, you know, you have to look at the fact that they were such a shit show those last two years of D'Antonio, and now you have a guy that's coming in, Mel Tucker, that I think honestly kind of replicates a coach just like 70 miles down the street in Ann Arbor, except he coaches a different sport. He coaches basketball. I think Mel Tucker reminds me a hell of a lot of Juwan Howard. And look at what Juwan Howard has done so far at Michigan. I know we're comparing two different sports, right? No, you're but fine. you gotta you gotta you gotta coach a young coach who is given their best opportunity, right? Mel Tucker was at Colorado. I think we would agree that Michigan State's a little bit of an upgrade. Um, Juwan Howard was an assistant coach at Miami before he was hired at Michigan. So I think we both agree that's a big upgrade, right? And they're both great at connecting with young players, all right? And 
and relating with them. And that's great. You know, what, were, what are you going to do? Are you going to rather play for the guy that talks to you or stuff or the guy that acts like your dad, for Christ's sake? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. D'Antonio was very Gets rigid. to know you as, like, a person. Gets to know your character. Gets to right. know everything about you, your past. And those are the kind of coaches that connect with their players. Like, that's why Coach K for the University of Duke has had so much success is because he actually connects with the players, actually, like, goes to their house, sits down with their parents, gets to know their past, gets to know everything about them before he takes them on to his team because he wants to know what kind of player he's bringing onto the team, if he's going to have an attitude problem, if he's going to have, like, a self-conscious uh, issue with, like, shooting the ball if they're, like, a center or something, you know. So I feel like um, those kind of coaches are the best. But Mel Tucker, I'm not going to give him too much shit, and I kind of like uh, – and wringing his neck a little bit too much here, but I just want to see my Michigan State Spartans win. I mean, it's the guy's the first. Year, this guy's first year, and it was you know last year, and we know you know the world is. I mean, it's still kind of upside down right now with all the everything that's going on in the Afghanistan and COVID and all that stuff. But it was a COVID year last year. You know, I don't think you can be that serious on him. But I mean, with that being said, you know there are teams like you know like Alabama was great last year and it was a COVID last year. So I yeah. mean, you know. It Is just it seemed really like the same Michigan State that had holes in their game when D'Antonio was exiting with his se- seven and six seasons. They're going to get better, though. They'll get better. I hope they I do. I can guarantee you. Because they, they are an eight win uh, a season, nine win a ga- season team. And I think that's on the low end, too. And I should, I'm expecting nine wins every single season. I think that's a, and I think that's fan. a good expectation for you as a Michigan State fan because let's, let's be real Michigan State's never been great at recruiting. Yeah. All right. You know, you guys have never been the school that pulls the really high level recruits. And I know Michigan, while they're definitely better at recruiting than Michigan State is, they, you know, they're not where they're used to be, where they used to be with recruiting. And they, they sure as hell are not getting any better with the way they've been playing recently. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, as a Michigan State fan to expect nine wins a season on the on the. I mean, on the median end, medium end, if you're expecting nine wins, you know, I guess let's say high end 11, low end seven or eight, you know? Mm-hmm. So well, I, think the that's, thing, uh, I think that's accurate because I think that is about like what your, I think that's what your program can produce at its best. Now, I think Michigan, on the other hand, I guess to kind of get into just our predictions on like what we, what, what, what would satisfy us as fans of these schools? So, like, what would satisfy you? For Michigan State this season, what would they have to do to impress you? So being a Michigan State fan is learning that you cannot recruit five-star recruits on a consistent year-to-year basis. Or, or four stars. Or four stars. So the thing is, is that I'm not going to be that. You know how you have those, like, power, like those like fan fans that are like, oh, we're winning the Super Bowl. We're winning the championship this year. Dumb and they're asses? able to, Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, Alabama is one of those programs where you could be a fan and be like, oh, we're winning the championship this year, not sound do- stupid. And for a Michigan State fan, though, and for a Michigan fan, you can't even say that, but you're more able to have wiggle room by saying that when you're a Michigan fan than a Michigan State fan because Michigan State does not recruit these five-star recruits. We're, we're not recognized as, like, a crazy football school. Our, our basketball program is more recognizable for five-star recruits and stuff like that, which is nice. Um, The problem that I see right now is that we didn't really recruit any crazy names into Michigan. And judging by their last three years, even last year being a COVID year, I expect Michigan State to at least get seven wins this season, minimum. See, I think that's good. And I think that if they are to get seven wins, I mean, that's a huge improvement from – you know, I mean, they, play, they only played seven games last year. Well, you but. can only hope as a fan that they just do better. That's the thing, though. But, like, judging on all the statistics and, like, the past few years and all their recruiting, I would say seven wins. And I would hope that they want they get more and something clicks within the coaching, like, uh, staff, where they're all on the same level and the players start outperforming their expectations. And I really hope that. But at the end of the day, I mean – Looking at the Michigan State team and looking at all the people that they play, I mean, it's just kind of hard to um, come out with wins when they're not winning against teams like Arizona State, Northwestern. So you need to have those wins under your belt this season. And I think Michigan State plays uh, Northwestern on the opening Yes, uh, sir. weekend so it's going to be Friday this Friday they're playing Northwestern and that is a team that you need to beat 
they also play Youngstown as um, their second game, Miami as their third game. So, like, a team like Miami, they – I would expect them to win if they feel like they need to – you think they're going to beat Miami? No, they need – well, they need to beat teams like that oh, in oh, order yeah, to yeah. make a name for themselves. I but like, I don't think – bold prediction. <laughs> no, and judging by it right now, I don't think they will beat Miami, no. and that's the thing. You need to beat those kind of teams in the same situation with Michigan. And I think, I think your whole seven wins prediction is honestly possible, okay? Northwestern, I know you got Pat Fitzgerald. Great coach there, but they had a horrible year last year. Yeah. So, but they still lost. You're right, and I to think Northwestern. That's true. They did, but they did. They were Northwestern was awful, and I see the lines. You know, Northwestern's favored by three and a half. So, I mean, that could really go anyway. Youngstown State. If you lose to Youngstown State, you shouldn't be in the Big Ten. Uh, you can chalk Miami up as a loss. Nebraska. Who knows what the hell's are going on there? They can never get shit right. Scott Frost has been a complete bust basically ever since he's been there. So, I mean, I could absolutely, and that's at home. I could absolutely see you guys win that one. Western Kentucky, same thing. You lose to Western Kentucky, you might as well just shut up and never speak again. Right. Uh, Rutgers is an absolute joke of a program. You'll win that game. Uh, Indiana's going to be tough. They've been really, really good, uh, especially on the defensive line. They got a bunch of beast on that side. You're away, too. Yeah, and that's away. Yeah. And, 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 then, there, and then there's the, the matchup looming on October 30th, Michigan, Michigan State. Um, which you can basically at this point just call it the toilet bowl because it's a shit show with these programs. <laughs> it's literally a coin flip. Yeah, it, I, I couldn't tell you. Would I like to say Michigan's going to win? Hell yeah, but there's been so many things that I am just not sure about anymore with this program. Even last year was a shit show. It's like both teams were not so playing let's the way that they play. It's just so like let's a segue a little. Game. Let's segue a little to the other school, the one that has way more money. <laughs> ha, 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 yeah. ha. I don't know why I said that. Like, I go there because I don't go there. But uh, <laughs> You're um, just a supporter. I am a supporter. My sister You're went there. a Walmart there. fan. My, my si- shout out to Tara McCartney, man. She <laughs> officially made everyone in the McCartney family no longer Walmart Wolverines. Yeah. She gave us a reason to root for the school, finally. <laughs> Graduated. But, she went there. Right, right. Let's... Let's look at Michigan and really what our expectations would be. Um, I guess I'll, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll start. Do better. <laughs> Do better. That's my damn expectation, man. I mean, this program, this program has just been a, a joke, really, over the past. I mean, they've been joked for a while, but they've really, they've really become the laughingstock. Ever since they were, everyone thought they were going to be great, you know, like hire Harbaugh, all this stuff. And now they've become even more pathetic than they were in the past. I mean, they're basically just as bad as they were with Rich Rod and with Brady Hoke, except with, on paper, a guy that's supposed to be a way better coach and, and factually way better rosters. The recruiting is better, 100% under Jim Harbaugh, and we are just as bad of a team. So that is not good. We have yet to ever, the man that, what did I say in the beginning of the episode? Coached Andrew Luck, found Colin Kaepernick, took the Niners to the Super Bowl, had great years at Stanford. This guy was supposed to be the quarterback guru. He was supposed to, uh, you know, take a kid that's never played quarterback and wave his magic wand and turn him into Tom Brady, basically, you know? Right. And he has not done that in the slightest bit, right? And I noticed, I, I did mention that he had good first year, you know, he did great with Jake Rudock his first year. But from from there on out, you know, you have experiments like Shea Patterson, which I know going in, everyone was really hyped. But, you know, he was very, very underwhelming here at Michigan. And dare I ever mention the name John O'Corn ever again, because I literally, like, I actually think I have to go to the doctor just upon saying that name, Danny. So I think you're going to have to do the rest of the – I think you're going to have to take the rest of the pod solo. I'll call 911, you pass out, and I'll just wrap this bitch up. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I think we're looking at it – what do I expect, first of all? I expect you to get your damn quarterback right this year. And I know last year we saw some improvement. You know, Joe Milton came out firing – that first Minnesota game, I remember we, me and you watched it together. We were like, oh, my God, man, Michigan's going to be good this year because it was on the road. Minnesota was great the prior year. And from there on out, Joe Milton just sucked. So there's a there's another – yeah, I mean, there's another – I think Shea Patterson is, like, your only respectable quarterback, like, that you could say that was a good quarterback. But it was just, like, it came to a point where everywhere else on the ball – 
around the ball was not succeeding at Our all. Our line kind of sucked when we had him. Yeah, Shea Patterson was not that bad, to be honest with you. It's just he felt a lot of pressure after a while and just receiving sack after sack and just doing turnover after turnover because of the pressure that's happening in the pocket. The offensive line is letting a lot of holes through or people through the holes. Um, I just think that Shea Patterson, if he was probably at another school like Alabama, Florida, anywhere really, I feel like if he was in the SEC, he would have definitely strived in that program or in those uh, conferences. But the thing about Michigan is that I look at a program, and I've already said it before, we've already got into Michigan a little bit when we were saying that Jim Harbaugh only had one 11-win season, no Big Ten championships, never beat Ohio State, and they consistently lose. He's lost to Michigan State more than once obviously, and he should have beat them every single year because, like you said before, he is the quarterback guru, and he was able to have so much success in the NFL that he was not able to make a name for himself in the Big Ten. And do you think that the success of Jim Harbaugh, um, a lot of the failures that he brought basically with the team was – why he didn't do so good was because that he wasn't able to recruit all these enormous like five-star recruits with like low GPAs like the SEC is able to because the way that it rolls in the SEC is like you can have a really low grade point average but they're basically picking up people from the streets that are five-star recruits that are basically having like a one point like nine GPA I mean yeah, it, it, it's no secret that the SEC is much more lenient on your academic uh, standing than the Big Ten is, and, and really more than any other conferences. The SEC is more in it, and, and it's nothing against those universities. They're still fabulous schools, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, all those, you know, all those schools. They're still great places to go to school, but just on the athletic side of things, they're more lenient on, you know, what are you actually here for? Are you here to play football or are you here to go to school? You know, I mean, most of the players, yeah, they're there to go to school. But a lot of the, you know, I mean, guys at Alabama, Georgia, you got so many five stars. you got a pretty good amount of people that are basically there to be professional football players. The point where I looked at college football and I thought that area of football is basically a cheat code is when Alabama, and I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts or Tua uh, Tagovailoa are not smart people and they had – like 1.5 GPAs in high school, but I saw that the concept of a five-star recruit backing up a five-star recruit was overpowered when Jalen Hurts got hurt or he did not perform well in the championship game, and Tua just literally walked into that game. At halftime. At halftime. Never played that season. And was able to score touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Won the game. Yeah. Okay, so imagine that in, like, the linebacker position or in the offensive line position. That's how it is. That's, That's how it how is. It is. It, you just recycle amazing players. And to go back to your question of is this why I think that Jim Harbaugh has yet to live up to his potential at Michigan, I don't think – I think the answer is just straight up no. Because, yes, without a doubt, having those five-star players helps you a lot. But we have seen programs that are not like Alabama that don't just recycle – five-star after five-star after five-star get to the college football playoff. And just – it doesn't have to be get to the college football playoff. Just not be a joke like Jim Harbaugh and, and actually win a game against your rival and actually do something that you're not expected to do. It doesn't have to be the, the mountaintop of reaching the college football playoff. And it's like your school, Michigan State. Michigan State wasn't pulling in five stars in, in 2013 when they made the playoff. They were pulling in threes, fours, I mean, uh, high-end fours. If, if that's the best they had, you know? Yeah, and it came and, down and to coaching I all mean, around the football, defense and offensively. This team was magnificent. It's coaching. It's preparation. But it's, your defense is, like, the biggest thing that has been, like, kind of, like, letting you guys down year in and year out. And that comes from – Because um, they play so aggressive. Yeah, and the thing is is that Don Brown was – They finally fired him. But well, yeah, they fired him, but he came in and he was able to have this name where he was like a defensive guru also. So I feel like um, having a coach like that not succeed at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh, it kind of raised questions to me. So how do you think this new defensive coordinator, like you said, Don Brown, uh, got fired. How do you think this new defensive coordinator is going to be? Is he going to be another bust because of a 
the Jim Harbaugh effect, or is he able? Is he going to be able to somehow turn it around? And we kind of see that it wasn't Jim Harbaugh at the end of the day. It was actually uh, a big part of the reason why you guys are not winning is because of Don Brown. Well, I mean, Don Brown, like, don't get me wrong. He was a good coordinator, you know. He came out of Boston College, and he was very, very good the first few weeks of the – or the first few weeks, I'm sorry, the first few years of uh, his tenure at Michigan. And I think his issue is, you know how he played his corners and his safeties? They played so aggressive man-to-man, which is – I mean, you know how I mean, you've played football before. You know how hard it is to stay on a receiver for like longer than three seconds. Like eventually, it does not matter how good of a corner you are, how good of a safety you are, what what the coverage is. At some point, the receiver is going to get open because the receiver knows what he wants to do. You know, he's being proactive instead of reactive. He's I'm going to go this way, this way. When the corner's just sitting there, well, okay, I got to wait till I see which way this guy's going, and then follow him. You know. So eventually, somebody is going to get open. I, I think the issue with that is once we started playing better teams, you know, that, that strategy was working against teams like, for example, Western Michigan, Western Kentucky, uh, Hawaii, Temple, all the just, you know, you know culinary schools that, uh, that you play in the first weeks, couple weeks of the season, and, and even the lower-end Big Ten schools. But when you get up to playing teams like Penn State, like Ohio State, like Wisconsin on their good years, Iowa on their good years, teams that have uh, foundational offensive lines, and you're not be able to get that pe- that pressure on the quarterback, which allows him to just sit back there. So you're essentially expecting your corners and your safeties to stay glued on these wideouts. Because remember, you're playing man-to-man. To stay glued on these wideouts for five seconds, six seconds, that's way too long at the college level. They're going to get dusted, and that's what happened. That's why you were seeing. That's why you were seeing that one year against Ohio State, us just get sliced and diced by freaking crossing routes, mm-hmm. slants on Madden, man. Yeah, and we were getting shit on because we had no pass rush. It was like I was watching a Madden game. It was so just it's just. So it's just you know in the future, I the defense needs to be more conservative, and and that's a, like I said, that's a great play style when you have such a a higher level of talent on your team, you know. But when you get a – and Michigan's – they've fallen behind, you know. They've fallen behind. They're nowhere near Ohio State's level. They're not as good as Wisconsin. You know, I, I can't say that they're better than Penn State. I mean, they've really, really struggled, and they have to they have to build it back, you know. So they have to – I do think that the defense is going to be very different, yes. Looking at you right now, it's just I see – You can see the passion. I can see the passion in you within this program and just the disappointment that it comes with it. Like, the thing is, is that being a fan of a team like Michigan, where you're just always watching them win when you're younger, and then now you're just looking um, looking at them and they're just struggling, and especially under a coach, which gave you a lot of hope that he was going to do good, just not do good. So um, I think I c- we can just wrap up this Michigan-Michigan State debate, or not debate, but conversation. Right. Um, and and just move on to other um, Power Five schools. And one of the biggest news articles and like topics that I've just been seeing nonstop in the college football world is just Texas and Oklahoma coming from the Big Ten and going to the SEC. Big Twelve. Or, yeah, Big, Big Twelve. 10. I I'm looking at like our I notes right now, and I saw the word Big Ten meant to say Big Twelve. So Big Twelve going into the um, what? SEC? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So they're going to be in a conference with Alabama, LSU, um, and Florida, right? Georgia. Georgia. A, a lot of teams, yeah. Yeah, SEC so is the SEC do you think that stacked. Texas is going to have more struggles now? Because, like, within the past, I'd say, five years. Well, it sure is not going to get any easier for them. Yeah, because they're just not making any pushes towards the playoffs at all. Right. I've ever watched football or Texas. Well, they had that one. They had that one year with Sam Ellinger, and uh, when they made it to the Sugar Bowl, and he did the whole "We're back," yeah, and then they sucked the next year. Yeah, but the <laughs> thing is, is that Michigan State was able to win the Cotton Bowl and the Rose Bowl and make it to the championship, and they have more recognition within the past ten years than Texas does. Facts. This is facts. So, and, I mean, Oklahoma is one of those teams that makes it to the playoffs 
they do good. They've had multiple wonderful quarterbacks that played for that organization. Relevant in the NFL. Relevant in the NFL, exactly. So you have like Jalen Hurts, and then you had um, Sam Bradford, Baker Mayfield. That was a while ago. Baker yep. Mayfield, Kyler. Yeah. So Kyler. So you have all these quarterbacks that are coming C. out of Lamb, Oklahoma. Hollywood Brown. I think that Oklahoma is going to take a shot from this also oh, because yeah. that. Big 12 conference was not as strong as the SEC because the SEC has been just – they've always had at least two teams going to the college football playoffs every year. And you look at the Big 12 and you're like, okay, Oklahoma makes it once in a while. Texas barely makes it, only when they had Ellinger. So what does this do for college football in general now? Well, I think it's about – I think this is more about – money than it is because like let's look at the big 12 right you mentioned do they have texas and they have oklahoma right well who else do they have iowa state oklahoma state who cares right right nobody watches the big 12 conference it's been on a downtrend it's like it's nowhere near as bad as the pac-12 because the pac-12 all their big games you know like because of the time difference and there's way more viewers on the east coast than there is the west yeah um just because of the time difference all the pac-12 games are on at, like, they start at, like, 10.30, 11 o'clock at night over here. So it's, like, no one watches them, really. Um, they're not quite as bad as the Pac-12, but they have lost their relevancy a little bit. And part of that reason is due to, like you said, Texas, the Texas struggle. Texas has not been relevant since Vince Young, dude. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, he, I mean – 06 when they won the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I mean, which was really back then because that was before they switched over to the playoff and stuff like that. That was in, that was the national championship against yeah. USC. That was two years after the Michigan won the Big Ten championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. You just had to remind me, didn't you? Yeah. Just but one I, more I, time. I, right. I don't think, I, and I do, do think, yes, Texas and Oklahoma will struggle in the SEC, but one thing that they will get is they will get a hell of a lot more regular season attention before the college football playoff really, really starts to heat up in the last four weeks of the season before they switch. Because I, I don't know, I forget what week it is, but they do eventually switch from the AP poll to college football playoff rankings. Yeah, And I think it, it's later in the season. I want to say it's the last month of the season is uh, when they switch over to that. They are going to get a ton of more uh, attention just being in the SEC. And if you, know, if you look at it, the SEC has 11 of the 17 uh, universities that have the highest grossing revenue in the NCAA. Facts. And, uh, yes, it is facts. Thank you very much, Danny, for pointing that out. Facts. Um, yes, facts. And it's not only it's not only that. Nowadays, it, it's the TV deals. So you already like look at the SEC. You already have Alabama. You already have Florida. You already have Georgia. You already have LSU. And now you're adding Oklahoma and Texas. And I know, like we said, Texas is kind of struggling lately, but they still have a hell of a fan base. So there's, I mean, they're a blue, bar, they're a blue blood program for sure. So they're going to gain. Uh, the, I mean, I, I cannot wait until I see the numbers um, whenever it is the SEC signs their newest TV deal because I can guarantee you it's going to be astronomical. So Texas coming over to the SEC, I just see that Texas at the beginning of every single season they rank above in the top 25, okay? So a lot of that has to do with the hype that comes behind the university. Uh, we've seen Michigan um, kind of crap out some seasons with Jim Harbaugh, and they're able to make the top 25. So I just see them right now as, what is their ranking? I didn't think Texas is on there. No, they're 21st. So I see them score above the 25 mark on the rankings. So looking at this team going into the SEC, I feel like they just get more recognition, like you say. But what does the Big Ten, ACC, and the Pac-12 do now? I mean, are they are they going to work out a deal? Because this is kind of like, this is kind of crazy. Yeah. It's overpowered. Dude. It's very overpowered. This is like the Golden State Warriors. Like, But for conferences. But for conferences, yeah. So yeah. you this have is like KD joining the Warriors, bro. Right. Like, That's like basically taking all the best teams in the East – and then putting them on the Western Conference, and then just moving, and then moving like teams like New Orleans or like I well, don't know, like uh, Sacramento Kings over to the East, and then moving like 
uh, freaking Miami Heat, or you're just talking about the Bucks. It's complete. Yeah, right. you're right. It's completely uh, unfair. You know, the, the SEC is absolutely stacked now. You know, and and like I said, eleven of the top seventeen revenue generating universities in the NCAA, the TV deals are going to be outrageous. Which, you know, and if you look farther down the line, TV deals lead to more money for the conference, which leads to more money for the universities, which leads to better programs, which leads to better training facilities, which leads to cooler locker rooms. Right, 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 right. But there's talks right now of an alliance. There is talks. I've I've seen multiple things, but I haven't seen anything like, like for sure, for sure, like them making any moves, just rumors basically within the conferences that they're going to have an alliance where they're going to be able to open up their schedules more to each other. Because uh, if you have a team like Iowa go into the Big Ten, and since they're a top 25 team... um, You mean Iowa State? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa State. (laughs) Yeah, Iowa is in the Big Ten. So uh, Iowa State goes to the Big Ten, and they play against like Michigan or Ohio State. That's going to get more viewings than a Northwestern and Ohio State because you know that there's going to be those blowouts. But LSU and Alabama, that's always like a huge-ass game. Alabama and Auburn, like that's a really big game. So those games are generating more money um, on the college football spectrum than these Games like Ohio State and Northwestern. Well, or I think Youngstown. I, I think this. I really like this. Not that I liked, you know, Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, but if this alliance thing does work out, I think this is could be really, really cool for college football because you know what's the, what's the the game that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are most known for? It's the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah. You know, it's the best team from the Big Ten. And the well, I guess now it's kind of the second best team because generally the first best team it goes to the playoff now. Um, so it's basically the second best team in the Big Ten versus probably the best team in the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 never makes the playoff. Yeah, um, because the SEC is always taking up those spots. Right, it's always basically Oregon or USC. So know? that's why a lot of like the fans are getting excited about the expansion of oh, yeah. the playoffs, and I'm ex- excited also because it's kind of bullshit that we only see four teams yeah. make it to the playoffs. But like, if it's a one and done, I'd at least see want to see like eight teams. Eight yeah. teams is nice because like then you get like roughly the top ten, and nine and ten are not making it. Well, we get for basketball the top ten in each conference, or yeah, and sixty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have team field now for basketball, um, NBA spectrum wise, you have the play-in tournament and those two teams. So the what the eight and the ten play, or no, the seven and the ten play, and then the eight seven and the nine. 10, yeah. Yeah. So the seven through ten. Now you have ten teams per conference. So, but in a college football spectrum, we have so many teams in college football. It's insane. So I feel like this gives organizations more of a chance to prove how good they actually are under the like pressure under the um, national spectrum where everybody's looking at them. It does because it does because with this alliance, it's going to open up our conference play into it's just going to be more diverse you know it's not going to be you know three four basically preseason games against schools you know like the western kentuckys you know just schools that don't have any business you know i mean that's that's the best game on their schedule they're like wow we get to go get our asses handed to us by alabama it's gonna suck but we're gonna make a ton of money doing it so we're gonna do it you know this is going to open up schedules into where you're gonna see michigan be playing Oregon uh, one year, and then the next year they're going to be going to USC or USC is going to come here or something like that. Or, you know, we could see Ohio State-Clemson every year on and off, you know. These are really some exciting games that we could get. And the ACC, you know, I mean, that that way we – and I think the key here is we have to at all cost keep Clemson out of the SEC. Yeah. If Clemson goes to the SEC – we have a really big problem. <laughs> yeah, because Clemson's always making an appearance, and we're looking at the rankings right now, and Clemson's number three. They're always doing good. Like, even when they were doing bad, I think they had one, like, year that they weren't bad, but they weren't as expected. Like, you know, I don't know, winning 12 games throughout the season or winning 11 games. Right, yeah. So It, was, it took a while for Dabo Sweeney to get stuff established there, but once he did, he sure as hell didn't look He's back. just rolling. Yeah. He's rolling right now. He's great. So looking at the top eight, since we're now in talks and there's talks of an eight-team expansion, um, 
Alabama number one, Oklahoma number two, Clemson number three, Ohio State number four, Georgia number five, Texas A&M number six, Iowa State number seven, and Cincinnati number eight. So to see teams like Cincinnati, Iowa State, Texas A&M, I mean, we always see Georgia, we always see the top five, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Alabama. But to see Texas A&M, Iowa State, and Cincinnati up there, and especially with UNC, the University of Northern Carolina being at number 10, which usually they're number 10 in NBA. They're not in number 10 college in basketball, college football, yeah. or yeah, my bad, uh, NCAA basketball. So to see them as a number 10 and imagine if they just hold their spot. I don't know, because that's like the ranking right now and they just hold their spot. They just keep winning, keep winning. And you see a team like Cincinnati or, Ohio or Iowa State make it to the playoffs. I mean, and then they have a Cinderella story where they're making it to the finals of the championships and possibly make or win the championship. So, I mean, it's kind of a stretch to say that these teams are going to beat these high-end teams like Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State every single year in the playoffs. But to see an upset like that is going to basically shake up the entire media world where Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, anything is popping because of those teams beating a high-end team. Well, you know, there's a – there is a problem because yes, that could happen, Danny. But as the you know SEC operates, you know, because you know the SEC is better than everyone. You know what they think? They think you if know if you're not cheating, you're not trying, bro. Exactly. You know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So it's never going to happen. You're right. It is a complete stretch, but it's fair and it's necessary. We are. You're right. We're going to eventually get to an 18 playoff. It's basically you know everything that I've read on it makes it sound inevitable because the money and you know, the NCAA, they're all just, they're so money hungry and greedy. Not so. only with TV providers, but for like Twitter, Instagram, their stocks go up. Just all around. Yeah. Everything is going around. up. And it's not, it's cr it's crazy because it's not like they're anywhere else in the world. Like America's the only country that really cares about college sports. It's pretty, pretty nuts. Yeah. But, um, something to bet on. Yeah. Okay, something, right? something to bet on. But we have to, we have to give those teams, like you mentioned, like Cincinnati, like Iowa State, should they have the resume? to be included in the college football playoff, yes, we have to we have to include them. We cannot just include all these power five schools just so, you know. Because like you know, you got teams like remember uh UCF with Scott Frost right before he went to Nebraska yeah. at eleven oh, they're like, Yeah, we're the national title winners, you know? Yeah. But they didn't even get invited to the college football playoff because they're not power five, right? Mm -hmm. I think those teams absolutely deserve a chance and like let's not kid ourselves are they better than an Alabama are they better than a Georgia no but could the game be entertaining yeah I think so because so much of football is coaching and stuff like, I mean like I said you know we can take Michigan for example they have a great great recruiting you know I mean they're not on par with Ohio State but they should be better than they are and their lack of coaching is why they are where is why they lack right now. Yeah. So I think that coaching is so important to the point where, yes, they're probably not going to win these games, but they could make it interesting at least, and they deserve it, especially if we're going to open it up to eight teams and, 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 and have more inclusion in it, yeah. The problem with uh, UCF was that they went 11-0 and then they didn't try to join a Power 5 program because they probably could have. If they if they were 11-0 and getting that much recognition, that much hype behind their name, I mean, to join a Power 5 conference would definitely boost your chances. Obviously, you're going to get invited if you're top 25, and then you go 11-0 the next season in a Power 5 conference. So um, to say that you're the national They got cold feet about that. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're like, hey. Hey, hey, you guys want to join the ACC? Yeah. Nah. I think I like my 11 wins over here. Right. I'd rather go against 11 culinary schools than go against a fucking Alabama. But the thing is, is that in general, football is always fun to watch, definitely in a college playoff scene. So to see eight teams move on and to see that there is going to be an expansion sooner rather than later – um, is pretty dope because I would like to see, I mean, even if this shifts a lot and we see more teams like Notre Dame, Wisconsin, I don't know, like Miami, like hitting, or Texas even, uh, hitting the top eight. Wisconsin is a team I would love to see in the playoff because that's a team that they aren't flashy, right? They're not flashy, but what are they known for? They're known for 
outstanding offensive lines, yeah. outstanding defensive lines, and they run the hell out of the football. I would absolutely love to see Wisconsin make it to the playoff. I just think they'd be a really, really interesting matchup against one of these loaded SEC teams, yeah. which, which could lead me back to my, my previous argument that coaching is so important. Wisconsin's not pulling crazy recruits. I mean, yeah, they, they do all right, but they're not doing nothing crazy. I mean, look how successful Wisconsin has been. Yes, they've been up and down, but they're a very, very successful Big Ten team that has done things that Jim Har- Harbaugh hasn't. They've yeah. impressed unexpectedly. just makes me sad that Nick Saban is the coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide right now. And not your school. And not Michigan State where he coached. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll stay at Michigan State, leaves, goes to Alabama. And then the, he did that before in the college scene, like, yeah, I'll stay another year, and then goes to Michigan State. Hey, man. You got to do what you got to do in the business, you know what I mean? Like but there's way more money in the SEC like we were talking about. It's true. Yeah. There's way, way more, more money, money in the SEC, and that's the reason why Oklahoma and Texas is um, is going to the SEC is because they want to make more money, generate more revenue for the the programs in general, and they'll get more recognition with the recruiting, definitely. Absolutely. With the five stars and stuff like that. Right, yeah. So more Texas – because I was talking to my um, coworker who's like a huge Texas fan. I'm like, why is it that all these professional athletes are coming out of Florida, Texas, shit, Michigan, New York, California? So you're one of the top, I'd say top five in generating professional athletes. I'd say top three, honestly, for Texas. And you're not able to keep these players inside of Texas to go to – Austin, where the Texas Longhorns play. Why are they going to Ohio State, going to Penn State, and going to Michigan? Like, cause, And honestly, I'd like to hear his answer, but he didn't really, like, he was just like, listen, like, the thing is that there's more money inside of the SEC schools. There's more, like, you're guaranteed a starting spot on those programs, and Texas is just one of those programs where it's just, like, hit and miss every single year. Yeah, they're very hit and miss. Very, very hit and miss. They are great one year and horrible the next. They're confusing as hell. And I think that just college football overall and recruits, you know, like we're more of a uh, we're more of a of a society like in motion, I guess, if that if that's makes sense. Like yeah. I, I think like what did you used to do, you know, in the in back in high school in, you know, like nineteen forty or whatever. I mean, I know that was a hell of a long time ago, but basically as a dude, like you graduated high school, you either went into the military or you got a job like in your hometown. And yeah. it was the same with their football players. They would, if they were a hell of a football player and you lived in Texas, you went to Texas. If you were yeah. a hell of a po- football player, you lived in Alabama, you went to Bama. Same thing with Michigan and Florida and stuff like that. Well, now here we are in 2021, you know, all these kids growing up playing football, they're great in Texas and in Florida and all these other states. You know, we have things like Twitter and Instagram and, and ESPN that didn't exist in 1950 and stuff like that yeah. to where we're able to see what life is like at these other at these other universities and we're more in the loop with how they're doing in the game and stuff like that. So I think that would probably explain why we do see these recruits move out of state way more than they used to. And also, you know, it's, it's important. I mean, you do have good programs like Notre Dame, you know. Notre Dame's located in Indiana. Indiana's not a great high school football state. I'm sure they got their players, but, or, you know, Notre Dame mostly recruits down south, and, you know. Yeah. I mean, Ohio. Ohio actually is a pretty good football state that, for some reason, Michigan doesn't recruit in anymore ever since Jim Harbaugh uh, took the helm, which is really, really dumb because if you knew Michigan football before, you knew we got a hell of a lot of our players from the state of Ohio. Yeah, and they get a hell of a lot of their players from the state of Michigan. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, a couple, couple traders, you know. Yeah. Right. But – at the end of the day, I see a program like Texas. I see programs like Michigan and Ohio State. They're supposed to be doing good. They're supposed to be doing great. But on the recruiting spectrum, because of their name, the brand that they carry, at the end of the day, the brand that you carry is going to basically get you the recognition you need and that you want to pick up, like five-star recruits, regarding to five-star recruits, regarding to like even college coaches. And the thing is, is that money wins at the end of the day. That's the reason why I brought up Nick Saban earlier is because the money when he went to Alabama was way too good to handle. 
like way too good to even like pass up. Well, and and, and the you know, like I said, you know, the recruiting's better and and yeah. everything. And that was even back then. The SEC has really always, I- at least in the modern history of college football, is so absolutely the best conference. Right, and that's why I want to like kind of bring it back to the alliance now because the SEC has the most money within it, no doubt about it. Right, like yeah, we let, said let's multiple times before. So this alliance, I do you agree with it or do you disagree? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do you agree with it. All yeah, right. let's let's loop back and we'll we'll wrap it with the whole recap of the alliance and stuff like that. So right. yeah, I mean, I I do agree with this because I think, I mean, what else are they going to do? Are they just going to sit here and let? Let Alabama and – or, I'm sorry, not Alabama. Let the SEC just control everything, just become the Thanos of college football? Or, like, what are they supposed to – you know, they have to do something, right? So they are – you know, hopefully, I mean, it seems like it's it's pretty set in stone that this is going to happen. It's just a matter of working out the details and stuff like that. And it's probably – it's I mean, it's definitely not going to happen this year. It's not going to happen next year. Probably not the year after that. So maybe by, like, 2024. This could happen. I think it's a. L- I mean, I don't know because I, I mean I'm not involved in that line of work or anything. But at least thinking, I would assume that on on paper, it's probably a little bit easier to get these games scheduled because it's not like what's going on in the SEC where Texas and Oklahoma are jumping ship and completely joining a different conference. So yes, I I, I think it's good, and I, I'm absolutely stoked to see. The matchups like Michigan USC, Ohio State USC, right, Oregon, you know, uh, a Penn State, a Clemson, uh, even like you said, North Carolina, who recently has been way more active in the college football game with their, especially with their quarterbacks lately. Besides, except Mitch Trubisky, he kind of didn't, yeah. didn't really pan out that well. Um, Does the Big Twelve disband? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I mean, who is what? Who else? What are they going to watch for? Iowa State. Iowa State, baby. I mean, I mean, like, yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's nothing against Iowa State. They're a good, they're a good team. But what? How big is that fan base outside right. of Iowa? Right. So when I brought up the point of like these big programs that have names and have brands, so Iowa State kind of has like a brand to them. Um, does names that have power, so like Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, do they start losing their name or their brand after a while and does it start shifting towards and the momentum starts going towards another organization like Iowa State maybe if they joined like the Big Ten? Well, um, I would say no as of right now, but it's not a for sure thing, you know, because history and culture have to develop somehow, right, you know? Like, eventually, there was a point in time where, you know, Florida was not a great college football program, and now look at them. There was a time where Georgia wasn't, and Clemson, you know, like we said, yeah. who was Clemson before Dabo Sweeney? Now look at them. So, I do think it's possible. Um, I think, you know, like you said, Iowa State, I think that's a little more difficult, judging on where it is, you know? No one uh, really just an example. Like, any, like, team really just moving into a, like, another conference coming from the Big 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. They could become more formidable. Or even, like, a team like Michigan or even Michigan State, where Michigan State's now recruiting all these five-star recruits because they are getting more attention. And maybe they, like, succeed to the point where they're able to secure 10, 11 wins after this movement because the schedule gets more mixed up and then they have, like, one good schedule and they're able to, like, succeed within that year and then they start picking up more five-star recruits year in and year out. So, like, a team like Michigan State maybe has um, grown to a point where their organization's name and their brand is living up to the Michigan or Ohio State name, which it could be a stretch for a lot of people. They're, like, kind of, like, listening to me right now, like, what the fuck? Michigan State's never going to be on the level of Ohio State, but, like, never know. Yeah, it's true. And they well, they've shown that they can be though. Not not for nearly as long as Ohio State has, but they have made it to a playoff. I mean, they've beaten Ohio State before yeah. in recent years, something that Michigan has failed to do and most schools fail to do. So, yeah, they absolutely can. And it it's going to uh, you know, these these matchups like, you know, I think it's going to be more like like you know how the Big 10 and the ACC do like the Big 10 ACC challenge. With yeah. basketball, though. So, mm-hmm. like, one week Michigan will play, um, and it'll be, like, the whole week. You'll have, like, Michigan play North Carolina, and you'll have State play Clemson, and you'll have, you know, 
I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be like one week it's going to be the, you know, we're not going to be playing every single Big Ten team every year. And I know we already don't, but we play, I mean, we, we play all Big Ten teams except for, you know, just the few preseason games that are, well, they're not preseason, but you know what that what I mean. Right, right, right. Um, it's going to be like you're playing maybe, s- like take Michigan, you're playing maybe seven Big Ten teams a year, and your other five are against uh, ACC and Pac-12 teams. You know, maybe we play USC one week, and, you know, the next week we got, I don't know, North Carolina at home, and then, I mean, that'd be a hell of a schedule. <laughs> and then you got Oregon or something. I mean, it'd be crazy, but yeah. but from the, I mean, who cares about the players, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. But uh, from a, on paper, I mean, that's like, I mean, look at it from a fan perspective. Would you not be psyched if that was your three weeks of college football? I yeah. mean, it'd be kind of ugly because your, your team might lose, but you'd be really, really excited, wouldn't you? Looking forward to it, definitely. Absolutely, right? Yeah, and it's cool that the NCAA, like, you know, basically college football is mixing up basically the rules and the teams and everything and um, saying that now eight teams are going to be able to make the playoffs. Now you have Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, and then you might have the Big 12 disband. So now it's not more like conservative uh, household names making it every single year. Now you have it to the point where you're able to see teams like Michigan State make it to the playoffs on a consistent year basis. Or like if you're a Georgia fan and you missed the playoff because you were fifth and Notre Dame made it to fourth. Like, you're able to see now that Georgia's making it every year, and Georgia has a chance to win the championship every single year. All right. I feel like we got our thoughts out. As we were uh, we were good on this one. We <laughs> got a lot of it out. We were able to break down a lot of shit. We good job. Flowing. Hell yeah, man. Spitting. All right. We thank you for joining us on another episode of Guys Being Dudes, episode number 25. 25 of these in the books already. Holy oh, yeah. crap. It's gone by really fast. Uh, we thank you guys for all your support. You can find us on Instagram, GBD Podcast 2021. You'll find me and Danny's accounts linked through there. We thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys later. What's up, guys? If you're not cheating, you're not trying, bro.